Matty Mo, Matty Mo, got you back. Yeah, that's right, man. You ready to uh, ready to chat about some football? Absolutely, absolutely. All right. So, what's, we'll start with let's start with the Champions League. I know that we are an EPL podcast, but let's start with the Champions League, just because we do have a EPL team in there. That's in right, Liverpool, my boys. Yeah, your boys is right. You got your jersey out. I have my jersey out. Do you have your Real Madrid jersey pressed and ready? I did. I had to choose which one I want to go with. One of the, the new one or the old one. I'm not sure. I think I have to go with the new one. Oh, very nice. Yes. Yeah, so uh, uh, the game is the match is in Kiev, Ukraine. Mm-hmm. So it's a neutral venue. I don't know if there's going to be more of a presence of Liverpool fans or Real Madrid fans. The Liverpool fans Anfield is the number one or number two best atmosphere in Europe to watch a match. True. Can you guess what the other one that kind of interchanges with Anfield is? Hmm. Could it be the Bernabeu? It is not. It's not. It is, it, is not. Is it Old Trafford? It's not even one of the. T- it's not even in one of the top five leagues in huh. Europe. Uh, I don't know. Actually, that's a good question. Celtic to watch a match. Oh, Celtic Park. Yeah, it, I can see that. Yeah. That and Anfield have been voted one and two, kind of like back and forth. So I think that the Liverpool fans, I hear that the Madrid fans, like when you move to Madrid, it's just like it's not even close to Camp Nou in Barcelona. And it's not close to, it's kind of like a bit of a dip from certain English venues. So I would expect to be a little bit more of a Liverpool presence. And I don't know, being a neutral location, I don't know how Real Madrid is a bigger global brand. Mm. And the players from, you know, outside of them would rather play growing up, would rather fantasize playing for Barcelona or Real Madrid mm. before Liverpool. History and everyone loves Mo Salah. He's an extremely humble superstar. So I think that, yeah, I would give the, the fan advantage to Liverpool going into this, especially in a neutral venue. I would expect a little bit more Liverpool support. But at the end of the day... It's going to come down to tactics. And uh, Real Madrid have the experience having won the last two titles in a row. They have a deeper bench. They have just as good, if not better, of a coach. And they have debatably one of the top three players in the world and debatably one of the top three mm. players ever in Ronaldo. So we will see if it's a Ronaldo versus Mo Salah head-to-head. You know, whoever scores the most goals between those two guys might end up leading their team to victory. That could be the X factor. Uh, I, think, think? I think you make some good points. I think uh, experience will be important. But uh, I think Jurgen Klopp said that there are a few other things to keep in mind, uh, such as preparedness, uh, emotion and desire. And uh, I forget the, the, a few of the other things that he had said. And it's true that that might be the case, but... Uh, you really can't count out Ronaldo's desire to be the best and set himself apart from Messi. He has an op- he hasn't he has an opportunity yes. to lead his team to a history that Barcelona and Messi have not achieved. He also has the opportunity to lead himself, or I suppose not lead himself, but kind of raise himself above Messi and do something that Messi is un- has been un- unable to do in uh, win five Champions League titles. And uh, so he's, yes. he's a great player. He's narcissistic and you kind of love him and hate him for that reason. And, but, but, but for that reason, I would never count out his desire to, to win. So yeah, yeah. If, if anybody's going to make a big difference, it'll probably be Ronaldo. 
Yes, in a match like this, he he will put it all on the line, much like totally. a LeBron James, where you know no matter what, you can really expect him to bring the performance, and you would think that if the team follows his lead, then they should. He should be able to lead his team to victory. They are the two-time totally. defending champions, but at the same time, Liverpool are like such a wide open attacking mm. team and you never know what's going to happen with they're so fast in the way they will play Real Madrid. I think it's kind of like a fantasy matchup because there's so much firepower going both ways and there yeah. should be a lot of action. I'm kind of expecting a high scoring game. Like I'm going to predict that Liverpool mm. is going to win three, two. And I think that Real Madrid's going to be pushing really hard for the last, like it could be three, one going into the last 10 minutes and Real Madrid get a late goal and they have so much pressure for like 10 minutes straight. But I think that in the end, Karius is going to surprise people. And I think that uh, the addition of Virgil van Dijk will prove to be worth every penny whenever they win Champions League tomorrow. And he will be one of the stars of the show. I agree that van Dijk will play a big role. But with Madrid, Madrid has so many attacking options. So van Dijk will be probably primarily tasked to guard somebody, say Benzema. I don't know what the starting lineups are looking like. I think they announced the squads, but not the lineups. They won't announce that till tomorrow. But if maybe he has to guard Benzema or he has to guard Ronaldo or defend Ronaldo specifically, then that leaves a lot of other options open. And my concern with Liverpool is who else do they have that is a defending threat? Uh, Van Dijk is very good. Well, I know that... Andy Robinson was named to the Champions League. He's their Yeah, he's the left, left back. back. Robertson's left yeah. back and Arnold is uh, and back. He was one of the signings of the year, really, from Hull, Hull City. And he's probably gone up in value as many. You know, I think he might have cost like six million. He'd probably be worth four times that now. You think like Mo Salah was a good deal. Well, Andy Robinson was also. And he's been like, you know, he's a good English player playing out of his head right now same with Trent Alexander-Arnold like the world is their oyster and I think that they don't really they're not going to get the props the recognition until if they win this title then it will definitely validate they that they've arrived to Mm. the highest level and maybe it's not their time yet but I would like to think that they're up to the task tomorrow even though they don't have the the big name that like Marcelo has or some of these you know Ramos like it could be a changing of the guard or it could be a dynasty. And that's what's making tomorrow's matchup yeah. so interesting. It's very pivotal in terms of in going into transfers this summer, especially a World Cup year. You're going to see there could be players like Hamas Rodriguez was one of the stars of the last World Cup. And then he gets gobbled up by Real Madrid, who, you know, if they win the Champions League, then maybe they don't decide to blow up their team. And if they lose, maybe they decide it's time yeah. for some big changes. But that's what there's so many implications to this match and, people that find soccer boring it's like okay but it's not just what's like it's intense for the whole 90 minutes and then there's all these implications because of all of this then this could happen like most Salah, i could easily see him there's a rumor that him he could go to mm-hmm. real madrid this summer for asensio and like 110 yeah. million no i i i can't so just just to just to comment on that i can't see that happening asensio being homegrown product and having a you know, uh, not not a clear ceiling. Like yeah. he could he could grow a lot more. And Mo Salah has in previous teams not produced. In this Liverpool team, obviously has produced. Uh, I don't know that Liverpool would right. let him go that easily. So uh, and I... well, that's the other thing. It's like he's perfect for their system. And with Naby mm. Keita coming in, plus they might be getting uh, Firk uh, from Fik- Lyon. Yeah. And if you 
Yeah, Fakir. So if you put them all on the same pitch, that's just going to be insane. And I like that attack. Although if you have Asensio coming in plus 110 million, then you could buy another player mm. on top of that. And so I, I would I would almost sell it for Asensio 110 million, but at the same time I'd be quite happy to keep him. So either way, Liverpool are in an amazing True. position. I think Real Madrid are in an amazing position. They have money to yeah. spend the summer too. And they usually get like the first pick. It's very easy to recruit players. Oh, very to easy. Come to I was actually I, I try and keep up with um, Real Madrid uh, B team, kind of like Barcelona has a has the B team as well. Uh, Casillas is the name of the Real Madrid B team, and they have a lot of very promising like South American and, and Spanish talent on that team. So there's it's it's kind of like oh we don't want to buy players like Mosala, well, we can just kind of dip into the pool and give these guys a chance. So Real Madrid has a really good, uh, a really good pool to draw from. Um, one last thought before we switch over to uh, more EPL type stuff. And give oh, me your right, prediction right, right. as well. So I said three, two Liverpool. I'm what sticking, I'm sticking with four, two Real Madrid. Uh, I think, I think Ronnie okay. will score at least two goals and um, yeah, I, I'm sticking with it. That's, that's what I've said all along. And I, I don't see any reason. There's been no injuries. There's been no reason for me to doubt it. So I think that, that I agree with you. I think it'll be a high-scoring game one way or the other. But uh, I, th- I think I'm going to stick with them. And this also has implications. This match has implications on the Golden mm. Boot. Like, I think Messi, you could say, is, like, the favorite maybe going into this match. Like, if, but if Mo Salah is the, like, MVP, we'll say, or very instrumental mm. in Liverpool winning, that could put him over the top for the golden boot or if Ronaldo is instrumental. So really I feel like the golden boot for me is totally unresolved right now. And it will come down to whether either of these guys have an impact in this match. If neither of them do, then I think Messi should win it. But if one of them really steals the show, I think that they should win the golden boot because this is the biggest level, the biggest match of the year. Can you give me a prediction well, on that? I thought or the golden agree? boot was just based on scoring alone. Oh, sorry. I mean the ball d'or. Oh, the ball d'or. Oh. Uh, so, like, the best oh, player yeah. in... It always, it, it's always like kind of like a weighted thing between, uh, you know, respective leagues for whatever players talked about, Champions right. League, and then international play. So, I mean, I think that this will play a part, and I think, I'm pretty... I think that if Ronaldo does win this Champions League, that will be a huge boost because he's had a mediocre season in terms of pre, you know, uh, in respect to previous seasons in terms of La Liga play. Uh, but, it, but if he's able right. to add a third champions league in three years, yeah, it's, that's pretty impressive. And then depending on how world cup play goes, I mean, Mo Salah and Ronaldo both play on teams that are in the world cup, but neither team is favored heavily to win it. So, I wonder if that influences the ball or like when the cutoff is for yeah, when they maybe. vote. Because I was thinking it would be over as soon as Champions League is over, but I guess that's something yeah, to look into. We'll look into that for next yeah, week's podcast time, and bring it up time. again. Um, one more note for me um, in terms of looking at Liverpool and Real Madrid. I think that when you look at the three levels of play on the field, def- defensively, midfield, and attack, I think in attack, you, you might give Liverpool just the edge but in terms of the other three planes on the field, you would have to give Real Madrid the edge, in, in my opinion. Uh, their, mid, their midfield is very experienced, and they have, some, they have very talented players in midfield that are able to control play. And, def- and defensively, yes. they aren't like world beaters in terms of their defense, but they do have you know, the captain of the Spanish team and somebody that has 
been in uh, Champions League situations knows pressure, and they have another very uh, they have a young, promising talent from France in Varane. Um, and so defensively, I think that you would also give the nod to Real Madrid. So I think when you're looking at that, especially that midfield play, I think that that will be key, and I'll be very interested to see how both teams line up in the midfield. And I think that will be the key to, to watch because both teams are able to score goals, but whoever controls the midfield tends to control the game. Analysis there and the experience will definitely count for a lot. And yeah. at the end of the day, you know, sometimes the best team doesn't always win the match. Like when to Chelsea in the FA cup final, mm-hmm. man, you had, I think 65 to 35 roughly percentage uh, possession mm-hmm. and probably better chances. And it was only one not only shot by a, you know, a bit of a clumsy tackle by Phil Jones, but Mourinho was like, you know, we played the best that we could today and this is the way it went. And you don't always win in football. And that's, that's, you know, it was kind of like a realistic approach and he didn't like lose much energy to the situation. No. And that could very well be the way too. And, you know, yeah, tactics can go a long way, and sometimes maybe they just like both grind it out to a nil-nil draw, and then they end up going to a shootout. You know, yeah. So that's the way it can go. Sometimes you expect high scoring, and then all of a sudden it's like both teams are on lockdown, or yeah, keeper stealing the show, or whatever. True, but true, true. we will see. True. So do you want to move on to some uh, some things uh, in in England? I, I know the league is over now, and is there anything really you want to discuss? Well, we, as I just said about the FA Cup final, like great for Chelsea, mm-hmm. and I love seeing that, especially for Man U. Their season's been so bad this year that they're basically, it kind of hinders, the only way it can get any worse mm-hmm. is if Liverpool wins Champions League. Because Man U, okay, they didn't really accomplish anything. They finished, they only, they're back in Champions League next year. They finished second in the league. They basically dropped into the league, round of 16 in Champions League. They lost the FA Cup final, didn't do anything in the Carling Cup, and their team seems to be like out of sort right now. And maybe it takes them like a full off season to really like get a few more guys in there and get like Sanchez and Pogba and everything sorted out. Like get rid of Martial and maybe bring in Willian. Uh, you know, hopefully keep De Gea, get sort of that back line a little more. I think they're going to probably pick yep. up Toby Alderweil from uh, from he'll be going there from Tottenham. I'm pretty sure. And they'll be spending. They'll probably be bringing in at least three guys, but that's going to be interesting. Um, Man City looks like they might be bringing Marquez yep. from Leicester, and they might also be bringing in yeah. Jorginho, Jorginho. I think his name yeah. is from Napoli. And then uh, Liverpool bringing Naby Keita is already coming in. And what's the name of the player from? Oh, the, uh, uh, Fakir, French... I believe is how you pronounce but, it. Yeah. Fakir, he had like something like 26 goals in that league, and he's supposed to be basically mm-hmm. on his way to Liverpool already. And who, Amiri Chan is on his way out probably to Juventus, but it's not confirmed until after the match. But we have the replacements for him, plus who knows what else. There's lots of players that want to come to Liverpool right now. It's making it easier to recruit when we have Champions League football and when yeah. we're doing so well in Champions League. So hopefully they can really set themselves up for the future. And uh, we're looking, yeah. you know, Nice and deep, adding some more guys this year will just strengthen us even more to stay in Champions League. And I honestly think that Liverpool can contend for the title next year with Man City. I don't think Arsenal's going to be a Champions League team again. Yeah, like I guess that's another thing to discuss today, the Unai Emery uh, addition at head coach for Arsenal. Have you, uh, do you, you, you know his story a little bit? 
Well, I know that he was uh, just with mm. Paris Saint Germain, and he hasn't really. You wouldn't call it like a super yeah, I mean, successful tenure. Successful. And he was with Valencia for that uh, domestically, I suppose, uh, for for PSG. But they wanted right. more, so I guess that's why they they gave him the hook. And yeah, so, uh, he was with Sevilla in the in the Spanish league before that, and won three Europa League titles in a row with them. So he has some he has some experience in Europe, and uh, I think he's he's perfect for what Arsenal like the higher ups, like the executive level at Arsenal want. They want a guy that's going to be a coach, not a manager. Like he, he's going to be a guy that's focused on tactics and, and working on the field and less about pestering them for money to buy players. Yeah. The board in Arsenal wants to be very hands-on and buying the players. And, you know, like I guess with Man U, it's Ed Woodward is the person who has signs the checks and gives the final green light, but Mourinho makes his requests yeah. to him. And, uh, yeah, it will be really interesting to see. I, I liked this hiring. I think that it'll be no. – it's not the worst. They could have – you know, they missed out on some of the big names, and it would have been great if they got Diego Simeone. But at the same time, Atletico love him so much, and he probably – you know, tough for him to leave, and he'd only want to leave yeah. for the right project and with the right players. Atletico is better than Arsenal mm-hmm. right now anyway, and I'd say they're a better club with a better following, yeah. better True. fans. Um. Besides that, um, in the championship, the huge match, it's the biggest third-place match in the world of sports. We have Fulham mm-hmm. against Aston Villa. And the winner, the reason why that's so big is you get promoted. And when you get promoted, you get all that league money from the TV revenue. Plus, you get more money for your jersey sponsor and your like mm-hmm. who makes your jersey. I think Man U last year got something like $200 million to have Adidas make their shirt and another $200 million for Shaggy yeah. to be on the stomach. So certain clubs, like that's the most, they're the most recognizable soccer brand basically in the world and everything kind of goes down from them. But, you know, this is a huge match. And uh, I think that we have John Terry and Aston Villa who made it his project to try to bring them back to the premiership. And then you have one of the best young English players in Ryan Sessegnon playing for Fulham. And uh, at the end of the day, you know, it's a great one's got to get promoted I'm going to lean towards Aston Villa. I think that John Terry's experience and their will to look up right now, I think that that's going to – I just have some kind of an, a feeling that that's the way it's going to go. But uh, I don't know. I'm going to say 2-1 for Aston Villa. How about yourself? I think it's going to be really tight. I think it's going to be a physical matchup. I think Fulham will win um, because – uh, when you look, uh, both teams both teams have players that have scored goals, but uh, I think that Fulham had a better season. They had better uh, goal differential, and uh, leading into this, they have that young talent, Ryan Sessegnon, that uh, I think might make the difference. I think I, I'll make a bold prediction and say that he will score the winning goal for Fulham. Uh, and the scoreline? Uh, I'm thinking 2-1. Two one for Fulham, or okay. even a one one nil. But I'll I'll stick with two one. I think it'll be really really okay. tight. It's going to be one goal game, and you think he's going to score the winner? I do, way. yeah. Cool. Well, that's good. That we both have off, opposite predictions in both of these matches that we're kind of highlighting here, and can't wait. It's not about what. Uh, it's not about about who's right. It's about what's right, and you know, I respect how you present your case. <laughs> and at the end of the day, we can present it as well as we want. But mm-hmm. ball don't lie. Ball don't lie, man. Ball don't lie. So we'll see what happens with the ball this weekend. That's right. And besides that, I was going to talk about a little bit of summer transfer rumors. Yeah, man. 
um, the Na- Neymar was the only one that I was going to bring up. And I have a, a bit of a, a prediction that he'll stay in Paris for this season and then he'll leave after this year. Yeah. I don't know. What do you predict? There's a lot of reasons. And he'll go to Real Madrid after this yeah, year. Yeah, so yeah. one more year in Paris and then Real Madrid. I think, I think it makes sense that he would not leave Barcelona for Real Madrid right away. If that was his ultimate plan was to be in Real Madrid. Uh, because uh, he... Yeah, you can just go from one... I mean, players, have, to, like, have, an players have made that switch one way or vice versa, but it's usually frowned upon, and I think it would still be frowned upon. Like, the Barcelona faithful would not appreciate him being at Real Madrid, whether he left right away or whether he eventually made it there. But I think making a transition kind of probably helped lessen the blow a bit. And uh, Yes, But uh, I think he's in it mainly for the money. He went to PSG for the money, and uh, I think eventually moving to Real Madrid, Ego, he, he, is now he the... knows that going to Real Madrid would mean more glory. But also, he plays the same position as Ronaldo, for the most part, uh, he, like the left wing spot. So really, it would make sense to wait right. a little bit longer before going there, because if he went there, I guess, I guess you could move Ronaldo up to a striker position and, and have Neymar on the wing. But uh, you're kind of dealing with two two of the biggest egos in world football, so yes, I don't know how yeah. well that would work. So yeah, I I would agree that it won't happen this summer. It's too easy. Not it's too year. easy for the media to say, you know, he's gonna go. They just want some headlines. They they want to sell some papers or whatever it is they sell now because subscriptions. So, totally. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of a sexy idea. It is, it is a sexy idea. Uh, and yeah, I agree. Next yeah. summer, maybe. Summer after, more likely. I think as the years go on, it would be more likely that Neymar would make that move. Um, right on, one right other on. thing that I w- I've been following is uh, in the January transfer window, uh, a really talented Brazilian defensive midfielder named Fred, uh, who, play- who plays for Shakhtar Donetsk yes. in... Uh, uh, Shakhtar's in Ukraine, I believe. I could be, I could be wrong. But yeah, right, um, they are. Yes, uh, they uh, they were rumored to bring him in in January. Shakhtar didn't want to let go of him, and that kind of dissolved. And now he's heavily transferred. Uh, I was actually just reading before before we started uh, this this episode that uh, the signing of Fred by Manchester United is quite advanced. Like they're almost they're almost at the end. So. So that actually might go through. Oh, and wow. That's exactly, in my opinion, what United need. They need a player that leaves no question marks, can play in that central midfield role with Matic and allow Pogba not to have to think about defensive duties because he's proven that he's a bit of a defensive liability uh, and just allow him to move forward in a more advanced central midfield role. I think that would be a perfect first signing for them. I agree. Any team would be lucky to have him. And I know that like Man City were interested in him and a few other clubs. I mean, anyone that could get his ear would, totally. I'm sure, try to sign him. But yeah, I saw that as well, that Man U seemed to be fairly far along in that contract negotiation. I'm just excited. I think that the Premiership is continuing to get a little bit stronger sure. every year. And I think next year will be the strongest, like the the talent and with the coaches. And they've had time to kind of gel as units. They're all, they all have found identities for the most part. I mean, Arsenal starting to find their identity again. But for the most part, these clubs all... Chelsea's trying to find their identity again. But Liverpool, Man City, Man U's yeah. finding their identity. Tottenham pretty much have their identity, but they just need to perform a little more, tweak it. They're all in a good place right now. And to watch the top six is very going to be very entertaining next year. And who knows, there might even be 
a team like Burnley or Everton all of a sudden pop up into the top six and bump, yeah. bump yeah, someone I'm, down. Yeah, uh, I'm excited to see that. I'm excited to see how it all shakes down with the addition of new teams from the from the Premiership, from the Championship, rather, uh, Wolver, Wolverhampton specifically, and uh, Cardiff to see how they how they do in the in the Premier League. And uh, yeah, they have momentum coming up, and once they make up. it yeah. up, you really want to. Yeah, the I think EPL up, next so. season will be uh, will be really good. And uh, I don't know our next episode. I don't know if we're going to have too much to talk about other than transfer rumors and World Cup, and maybe a little bit of Champions League after Real Madrid win their third in a row. But uh, uh, yeah, I think that uh, that next podcast will be a lot of fun to talk about. Yeah, I was thinking, you know, how the all the seasons are finished now, and Champions League will be finished. And yes, the World Cup is coming up, but there's really no down. That's what I love about so- world soccer is there's mm. really no downtime. Because even when there is downtime, there's transfers being made. So it's every week there's something to be t- paying attention to. And there's so many leagues and there's so many, just so many moving pieces all the time. And yeah, European Championship every two years or the World Cup every two other years. So much to be excited totally. about. All right. Is that all? Is it, all right. Well, great chatting we with got. you. Great chatting with you too, man. And I uh, hope you're going over to St. John right now. I'm going to St. John, then back right. to Akalowicz for a month. So I'll be starting the World Cup in Callaway and finishing. Awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to next week, man. Great. Well, enjoy the matches, and we will chat again. Later. Later.